Listening Dog Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Offside Rule with Lindsay Heeper and Natasha Dowie, promoting women's football since 2013. Welcome back to the new revised version of The Offside Rule, where Tash Dowie and I review our standout matches from women's football each week. We look at leagues both here and abroad. We also shine a light on a different topic from around the game that we think deserves to be paid some more lip service. This week, we're going to be talking to former Liverpool player Nicole Rosler, who's now general manager at Bayern Munich, to discuss life post-football. And to round off, Tash has got her scouting report as well with an emerging talent to watch out for. So give us a teaser, Tash. She is 18 years old and she's Dutch. That's my little teaser. Ooh. (laughs) To those of you who've reached out following our return last week, a huge thank you as well for all of the messages and comments. It really does mean the world. And to have a women's football community out there that we can continue to build is really important for both Tash and I. Uh, We were reminded just how engaged you can be as well by sending all of those comments and messages. It shows that there is a real appetite for the show. So a big thank you. Um, Did you hear from anyone, Tash? Oh, loads of people, Lens. I was getting stopped in the streets. No, it's been great, honestly. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think it shows a lot of what you and Kate have done in the past, just how big this podcast is. And, you know, even the people today that have phoned in to ask some questions. Yeah, I recognise a few of the names from, from back 10, 15 years ago when I was playing. So, yeah, great to see in here. Well, as you know, the show did have to have a rest a while whilst we were sourcing new partners and sponsors. So it is super important that if you do enjoy what we do, please do continue to hit the follow, subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are able to leave a five-star review and a comment, it does help other women's football fans around the world find us. Tash, we're going to look at some standout matches. And this week, no league football, they're all from the cup. What was it like as a player when you had those cup weekends? Because I imagine when the league stops, and it was a bit stop-starty, wasn't it? Certainly when you were playing, and then you had the cup competitions come in. It's a new focus. Is it as intense? 
Yeah, I think it definitely is as intense, Linz. I think it depends how you're doing in the league. If you're down the bottom of the table, it's a nice distraction. I think if you're at the top of the table, then it's just added pressure, I guess. But, you know, I was really lucky to win the FA Cup and the League Cup with Everton. And I know how special it is. And I think for confidence, getting players game time, the Cup games are really important. Well, from the weekend, we do choose three standout matches and Tash and I have both gone for a cup match this week. And then Tash, you've chosen one from abroad as well. Tease that one which is coming up. Yeah, it's the big one. Yeah, I think when you're looking at the French League, the two teams that you're always looking for is Lyon and PSG. So it was first versus second. So yeah, I think that says it all really. We will come on to that. We will start with the cup games, though. And the one that you've chosen, you changed your mind a couple of times. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to reveal that to the audience right now. But you decided on Wolves 1, Brighton 4. Why have you gone for this result? I think, firstly, it's a classic FA Cup draw, isn't it? It's your kind of David v. Goliath, Tier 3, Wolves. You know, I work in Tier 3 at the moment with the Liverpool Feds. And Wolves are sixth in Tier 3, you know, so not dominating that league at all a mid-table team you know to come up against Brighton who yes are struggling in the WSL but I think there I looked at it and there there's about I think maybe 18 teams difference so that's a big gap you know in the women's game and I was looking at the score and Brighton took the lead through Katie Robinson 42nd minute but then Wolves got an equaliser through Bethan Merrick 28 years old midfield player used to play for Coventry and Aston Villa she got a penalty to equalise in the 67th minute then gets to the 88th minute and can you believe it Emma Kohlberg 32 year old Swedish defender has never scored for Brighton in three season wow. she just she just <laughs> decided that yeah she just decides to pop up and get an eight-minute hat-trick, as you do, you know, and absolutely kill Wolverhampton's heart. So, yeah, to score a hat-trick in eight minutes, yeah, it was just so close, you know, minutes away, Wolves, from, you know, taking it into extra time and potentially, you know, penalties or, you know, a replay. So, yeah, for her to get that and kill them, but just brilliant. And it just shows, you know, the development of that Tier 3 league, you know, for Wolves to be able to really push Brighton, credit to them, um, but yeah, Brighton came came strong in the end. I'm glad you chose that one because I think most people know that I am a Wolves fan um, and I'm not going to uh, ignore the opportunity to be able to talk about Wolves women and the fact that they did not get promoted after winning their league. We will come to that in a moment because I think it needs a, a light shining on it again. Um, but Beth Merrick, who you mentioned, I was so pleased that she got a goal in this. She was the cover star. And because I'm all over Wolves social media, I follow everything to do with Wolves. Not only had the women drawn Brighton in the FA Cup, but the women had as well well and then they were doing all the build-up to the big match um, she was going to be on the front cover of the program um, so I've been following all of that so for her to actually score a goal was fantastic for the club I think but yeah going back to what's happened in their their short plotted history of recent times it's been tough and and we've talked about the leagues and the pyramid in some detail Tash now as to what we think needs to happen and how it should develop going forwards but that was a great example when Wolves and Southampton it was north and south divisions they both won their respective leagues but only one of them could go up and poor Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah absolutely and I think you know the more I'm in it the more I feel like you're right Lindsay more does need to happen I was at the Liverpool Feds game the other day they were playing filed and they won they're fourth in the league at the moment the Feds and I was actually talking to their kind of chairman their owner Bill and I said what would actually happen if you guys did get promoted like to the championship and he said we couldn't we couldn't survive 
So I just think that's just so sad that a team is playing in tier three, you know, and it's almost like, well, what are they playing for? And so that's why I think things need to change. More support needs to happen, um, you know, and we will touch on this later because I think there was a question asked, well, maybe a question will be asked later on in the show, but I think, yeah, much more needs to be done. Well, I, I also think with the cup runs now, there probably is more of an emphasis yes. on the lower divisions to try mm-hmm. and get a run. Although I think personally, I don't know whether you think the same, I think it's harder to do that in women's football than men's football. Yeah, no, spot on. But it is your the money that they win going through these rounds pretty much, you know, can save a club and keep the club going. And, and definitely that's the case at Liverpool Feds. You know, it is so important for them to get these cut runs to help them to continue to be able to survive. So overall, um, in this game, in terms of golf of quality, was it just that, you know, late hat trick that sealed it? Or, or would you have said that Brighton did look the better team throughout? Yeah, I think Brighton probably quality-wise were there or thereabouts. But I, I think Wolves looking back with two minutes to go, would have been desperately disappointed. But I think you can see the professionalism training every day, you know, the facilities, you know, I'm sure there was some heavy legs for Wolves, probably didn't have the players that they could bring on to maybe impact the game or to, you know, to give them that extra kick that maybe Brighton had. Um, so I think eventually you could kind of tell it was coming, but two minutes to go, you know, that that's a killer blow. And obviously now Brighton face United at home in the quarterfinals. So could you imagine if Wolves would have been playing Man United? You know, that would have been a dream tie. Well, our second choice, purely for the fact that there weren't really any upsets, as it were, um, Crystal Palace put up a good fight. I will give them a mention against Chelsea. It was just a bit of class from Ramirez, who we are both loving. Um, it was 1-0, but I did think it would be a, a higher scoreline between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. So we'll give them a little nod. But from all of the others, um, it sort of went with form. So we wanted to reflect the big game between Arsenal and Man City because we thought this would tell us a little bit about the WSL title as well when these two went up against each other. And it was so, so tight. Just a 1-0 victory for City, Tash. Yeah, it was a tight game. And I think lots of controversy as well. You know, Wubamoy, very lucky to not get a red card, in my opinion, uh, threw an elbow into Bunny Shaw's face, which wasn't seen, but was highlighted by the pundits on the day. Farrah Williams as well shared my thoughts on that. So you don't want to see that. Um, so yeah, no, very the, lucky The there. intent wasn't for the ball there. No, I think you can no, see it looked, that. It, yeah, right. it looked naughty to me. Um, and then the, was it over the line? Was it not? People calling for VAR now. Yeah, so Arsenal were probably unlucky. You know, they, they were really pushing and had some, it's just those moments, Lindsay, in the games are key moments. But Credit to City. They're performing really well this season, you know, and have progressed now through to the cup, doing well in the league as well. And yeah, they're, they're definitely the team that are going to be pushing Chelsea in the league this season. And the cup run will only give them more confidence now. Leia Alexandre got the goal, um, the only goal in this game. It was nil-nil for so long. It was in the about 73rd, fourth minute that she got um, Man- Manchester City's only goal, which proved to be the winner. Um And that made me draw my attention, Tash, watching this. I missed the goal, by the way. How hilarious that I watched the game. I nipped outside, missed the goal and the replay. (laughs) So that was the one part that I did miss. But it did mean that I watched defensively these teams and how they, they lined up. And I think we talk about Gareth Taylor's sides and... It's easy, isn't it, to go to Chloe Kelly, Bunny Shaw, Lauren Hemp, and look at those attacking options. But I think for Manchester City, it might be that their defence can really 
mean that they go far in this competition as well as the league as well. They, they seem to be the main front runners taking Chelsea to the wire for the title. And so you have to look at, are they going to be easy to break down in those big games, those crunch matches that they've got coming up? And and I think on this evidence, they're not going to be. I mean, we know what Alex Greenwood gives them, but I think having some other players back in their defence now, back from injury, they, they look super solid. Yeah, they do. I think you're spot on there, Linz. I think if you talk about Man City women, First of all, you always think about their possession-based style of football, yeah. you know, their flair up front. They're, they're not really probably known for, you know, that defensive, hard-to-break-down type of team. That's not their style. But I think, actually, that's what they've brought in this season. And that's why they are doing so well. And that's probably what they have learned over the last couple of years. What actually now do we need to add to our game to make us, you know, even better? How are we going to go on to win this title and to beat Chelsea who have dominated the league for so long? And I think you're spot on there. I think defensively, they've looked really solid this year, hard to break down. And you know then they've got the players that are going to score you goals. And keeping a clean sheet against Arsenal. I mean, you've already identified that you think goals has been a a little bit of their issue, but there's no denying they've got the quality. But what they did do was they they didn't give them, they made them go quite narrow, I thought. They didn't give them the width. They didn't let players like McCabe get on the wing and whip balls in like they usually do. And it also meant that, and we spoke about this on on a different show, but Alessia Russo was forced to drop deeper just to get on the ball. And I thought, oh, if, she, if she'd have wanted to be that player to just get on the end of something in the box that you talked about only last week, I don't think she could have done that in this game because the crosses weren't coming in. Yeah, I think Man City's game plan was spot on. You know what their mm. strengths are. Their strong, strengths are out wide. You know, they've got them threats. So I think making it narrow, making it compact, making it hard to break down is then going to frustrate the likes of Russo's, like you said, dropping into areas. And when you're seeing Alessia Russo dropping in to get on the ball, you're thinking happy days. That's where you want to see her in front of you. You know, she can't really hurt you as much. You don't want her to be running channels, getting into the box, having dangerous balls into the box because you know that's Arsenal's strength. So yeah, credit to City. They're, they got their game plan spot on. On to our third and final standout game from the weekend. And this one comes from abroad. I think apart from El Clasico, this is the one that I would want to go to. Uh, Lyon versus PSG. Maybe the other way around, actually, and go to Paris. But um, yeah, tell us about this game and why it caught your eye. I think there's just everything about this game. I think firstly, first v second, they're the best two teams in France. They have been for many, many years. Lyon have dominated the league. PSG did win it um, a couple of years ago, but really it's been heavily dominated by Lyon. And probably something that I think needs to improve in the French league. You know, we need to have someone pushing Lyon more. And I think there's a 10 point difference right now between first and second. So that's not ideal straight away. But we'll go on to... The playoffs, which I actually didn't know about until watching this game, which I find fascinating. But anyway, I'll tell you how the game went. So PSG PSG took the lead 1-0 through Tabitha Chawinga. What a player, by the way. Pace to burn. I need to tell you her stats because as someone that I'd like to think that I scored a lot of goals in my career, my stats were pretty impressive. This is just of another level. So she was at PS, obviously at PSG now, had a spell in France, played at Inter Milan and had a spell in Sweden. She has played 88 games so far and scored 85 goals. <gasps> so ridiculous wow. stats. So I think if wow. PSG are going to bridge that gap, what a signing she's been for them this season. Um, and then you think PSG have finally beaten Leon? No. Own goal, 90th minute, Elise D. Almeida, centre half. 
Ball comes in, gets her footwork all wrong. Left foot, I mean, I'd be happy with the finish. She kicks it into her own guy and you can see she's absolutely devastated. And really, from kickoff, the whistle blows. You know, heads in her hand. All her teammates are going over to her. So, yeah, really tough one for them. But the thing that then I found out, and maybe you knew and maybe I haven't done my research, is there's a playoff, you know, in the French League this year. So similar to what America do and Australia do. So top four teams, obviously first will play fourth, second will play third. So then obviously the winners of that will qualify for the Champions League. The first, the third versus fourth playoff game, the winner of that will go Champions League. So then three teams will qualify. So if you finish fourth in the league, you can become champion, which I actually, I don't like it. I don't get it. Maybe it's because when I played in Australia, we won the league. We finished first. Um, we got crowned premier champions, but then we lost our semi-final game. So we didn't end up getting crowned the champions. And I think that consistency throughout the league, you should be crowned champions. But it just blows my mind because Montpellier right now are in fourth place. They are 22 points behind Leon, but they could go and be champions. And I just think it's madness. But maybe they're doing this now to make it a bit more exciting because Leon win it every year. Maybe that's why they're doing this to make that it a bit exactly more. That is exactly why they're doing yeah. it. So Charlotte Harper at The Athletic has written about this and she is my go-to for all things in France, to be honest. She's always across the dramas there. And they are, they're just trying to get more eyes on the game and make it less predictable because everyone's just saying a little bit akin to the men's game, I guess, that there's, there's just one or two standout teams and then the rest of the fixtures aren't as appetizing. So they're trying to create that drama around it. But I agree, if I if I was in a team that consistently co- collected points over a period in the season that got me to a point and then a one-off match meant that I missed out after, let's say, 20 weeks worth of work, um, I think I'd be... Fuming. Fuming, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the last yeah. note as well, just to add to the spice and the news, Hegerberg's future... I don't know if you saw a quote on her Instagram, but pretty much she said that she doesn't feel like the development through the French League has really been as good as she would have liked. Lyon obviously is a an attractive place to stay, but her agents who are AV Sport, um, who I was represented by, they're, they're talking to clubs. So and they've got a lot space. of connections in England. They, they have, they have. Mm. So watch this space with Hegerberg, I would say. Leon versus PSG ending 1-1 then a third and final choice and I don't think Dale Maida would have slept very well after that own goal on the 90th minute bless her The Offside Rule with Lindsay Heeper and Natasha Dowie With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
We have In the Spotlight next. Last week, we spoke to Mel Phyllis and Leah Williamson about the pathway to the first team. If you missed that chat, you can go back and listen to last week's show wherever you get this podcast. Uh, This week, though, we've tapped up one of Natasha Dowie's contacts, Nicole Rolser, who she played with at Liverpool. They won two titles together back-to-back in 2013-14. And what a catch-up for you, Tash. So the general manager role, Nikki, break that down for us. For anyone who loves watching women's football and they might not be the most skillful in terms of playing, but they might want a career in it eventually. Um, what does your your current role entail? Um, yeah, I just want to, that the players, they, they need to be like, uh, just their heads on the field. And I want to like do everything outside of the field so they can focus on football and everything what's outside, what happened outside, it's like my job. I want to keep everything away. I will do my, or I want to do my best, like in terms of hotels, flights, traveling, um, food. I'm the main contact of the Champions League, things like this. I want to help like players who come from abroad that they can settle in very well. What I did, um, that was great when I uh, signed for Liverpool. Um, I felt very welcome and that's uh, yeah my target. I want player who come from abroad that they settle in very well and they can like uh, focus on football and um, yeah can bring their best on the pitch. I think that's so important though as well and I think you being a player I think is even more valid because you've traveled so you've maybe had good experience and bad. You know, I can only think I relate to myself that When, for instance, I signed for AC Milan, you know, a massive club like AC Milan. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. And I remember getting picked up at the airport, doing all the medicals. And I thought, okay, this is really top professional. And then I remember getting dropped off at the um, apartment, you know, and, and things like it wasn't cleaned. You know, there was no covers. There was no sheets. There was no duvets, no cutlery, no nothing. You know, and this was, I think it was at 10 p.m. at night, no food, you know, not even just a bit of milk in the fridge. You know, this is a new country that I've moved to. You know, I don't speak Italian, you know, and it's luckily I was with my partner, Becky. But if you're on your own, that's quite a daunting prospect. You go there, you're hungry. You've been traveling all day. You haven't got any bed covers. I was in Ikea shopping at 10 p.m. at night, spending like over 400. I've got those. Yeah, (laughs) spending over 400 pounds just to kit myself up and things like that just shouldn't be happening at this level. You know, so I think, Nikki, it's spot on. Like, you know, you know, what the players need. And I think there's nothing more powerful than the players just being able to focus fully on the football. So, yeah, they're very lucky to have you for sure. Yeah, that's absolutely true because I was a player and I know what they need and what they want. And, yeah, I mean, uh, women's football, it's just they or the Bundesliga just growing and growing. And I know how how it feels if if I'm a player and... I just want to play football and give the best on the pitch. What is, out of your interest, so, sorry, Lynn, what is the difference between the WSL and Bundesliga, would you say? Is there any big differences from what you see? Um, I think the Bundesliga is more tactical. Um, in England, it's more physical, I would say. And uh, the media and uh, TV is like more, uh, yeah, more and more um, than in Germany. Yeah. But it, we are getting there. But it was a huge uh, development uh, when I came in 2013 and now yeah. in England. It's, it's amazing, amazing to see. 
What are your key relationships at the club now in this new role? Is it with the manager? Do you also work with the business side of the club when they're wanting to bring in those players that you're helping settle in? Do you help identify talent? Are you involved in that process? I'm not involved in identified talents. I'm just like the person between the team and the manager. Uh-huh. So I want to help if, if if something happens. I want to I want that the players um, feel trust in me, that they come can, can come to me if something happens and I might uh, speak to the yeah, sporting director or to the coach whatever. I'm like a person who they can trust in everything. We have a couple of high-profile Bayern Munich players that left Chelsea to go to you in Magdalena Eriksson and Pinilla Harder. What did you do with them? How did you help them settle in? Well, give, give us a case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they are great players. And uh, for example, I, I helped them uh, f- uh, in a medical check. I picked them up at the airport. I brought them to the apartment um, showed them a little bit around. Yeah, things like this. So nice to hear from Nikki there and brilliant that she's general manager at Bayern Munich Women. What a job to have, Tash. You must be very proud hearing about that. Yeah, I am really, really proud of Nikki. Yeah, great person, great football player and Bayern Munich are very lucky to have her. And I think just to, to finish off, because you've got so many connections, how many other former teammates and players have gone on to have really varied careers? Can you think off the top of your head? Yeah, just off the top of my head, Louise Fors. Um, she's actually working, the, the wide player that used to play for us at Liverpool, great player. She's now working for the Swedish national team as like a kind of analysis, um, you know, involved with the national team there. So I think that's something that she's kept the connection obviously playing for the Swedish national team has then gone into the football side of things but I am definitely going to get my thinking head on I'm going to be reaching out to some ex-players now and seeing the likes of your Whitney Engens where's she what's she doing now Amanda DeCostas Catherine's Coco's you know all those players that we won the league with that's my next homework Lindsay I'm on it Okay, we'll leave you tasked with that. Um, your next task, though, is a regular one. Every week you have your scouting report. Let's get Tashi's scouting report. I'm very excited for this one. And again, it's one that I think we're going to be seeing in the English League sometime soon. Her name is Vicky Katane, Dutch midfield player, 18 years old. She did sign for Chelsea in September 2023, but she was at Twente, so she's actually stayed at Twente to get more game time, you know, which she is doing and obviously helping Twente dominate the Dutch league at the moment over there. They're 12 points clear at the moment and I'm sure she's got a massive part to play in that. I think, in my opinion now, with Jill Raw doing her ACL, I think she's going to be the replacement for her at the moment. Really talented, similar style to a, a Jackie Gronin type of player, but so young still and had had a few game times during the World Cup, got a few minutes, but I think she'll be getting more minutes now that Jill Rod is out. So I'm really excited to see how she does internationally, but also when she does come back to Chelsea, how she finds the how she finds yeah the WSL and how she adapts to this league. I think there's going to be so many Chelsea fans that will forget that they've got this player on loan and, and what a talent she is to be already getting senior minutes. She's played every single level in the Dutch national teams and now she's getting minutes senior. And like you say, with key injuries, she'll probably get even more. Do you think that she could slot into the first team at Chelsea or do you think that's going to take more time? I think that's going to take more time if I'm being completely honest. I think it's good of her to stay at Twente. I think I 
you've seen too many players sign for big clubs, make the big announcement, think it's a big move and then sit on the bench, you know. And I think right now at 18 years old, she needs to play. You know, that's key, you know. And, and you see it so many with, with players. Your, your Beaver Jones, for instance, who went to Everton, has come back to Chelsea and is now getting more game time, scoring goals. You know, it's happened so much. You know, you look at even Spurs um, at the moment, Grace Clinton getting valuable minutes there, probably their key player this season. Will she then go back to United? You know, so I think it's really important that Vicky Katain gets those valuable minutes um, and then that'll give her the best chance then to break into that Chelsea team. And and I'm sure they they obviously wouldn't have signed her if they don't believe that she's going to bring value one day. So it's not a case of, oh, let's just sign an 18-year-old. They obviously really trust her. So I think it's a case of just being patient. Patience is key. It also reinforces for me that life post Emma Hayes should be fine because a lot of these players that they've managed to snaffle at an early age, they've got out on loan. And and I do think that they, they've got perhaps another five to 10 years planned ahead, really, haven't they, of players that they they know that they can attract and bring in. And this is a great example. So Vicky Katain, um, a Dutch player who Tash has highlighted as her player to watch, an emerging talent. Uh, maybe that name will appear again during the next transfer window. Maybe you'll notice Vicky at the next international tournament. So um, thanks for that one, Tash. The Offside Rule with Lindsay Heeper and Natasha Dowie. So Vicky Katane, one to watch at future major tournaments, maybe a, a name that will be on people's lips in the transfer windows as well. I have noticed though, Tash, we've had a couple of attacking midfielders back to back. Who's uh, who's going to be on your scouting report next week? Are you going to go against your grain and go for a defender? I know, maybe it's that hint, Lindsay. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I, don't, I always, like you, I always like the attacking flair players. So yeah, okay, maybe I'll look for a, a bit more of a defensive player next week. <laughs> That's absolutely fine because we're only two shows in, but, but we just need to make sure we get an eclectic yes. mix over the course of the season. I'm just getting in early. <laughs> um, right, we also have the mailbag every Friday. I'm going to laugh about this because I listen back to our show. I think I called it the mailbox and then I called it the mailbag. We are going to call it the mail bag, <laughs> and I'll try and remember. Um, this is if you've got anything that you want to get off your chest. So if there is something that has been bugging you or something that has been pleasing you, any questions that you'd like to ask us in the women's game, please follow and comment on one of our social channels. Now, you can find us at Offside Rule Pod. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. Um, if you comment and follow We'll send you a DM and we'll get you to send us a voice note, which we can then play in the next show. And we've got one such show coming out on Friday. Um, So make sure you tune in for that as well. For this week, though, Tash, thank you very much again. Loving your picks this week. And we're back to League Action next week. Yes, looking forward to it. Another great show, Linz. Thank you very much. The Offside Rule. This is a Listening Dog Media production. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.